In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. It's been said of friendships that without friends, trials, heartaches, sorrows seemingly multiply and are of a greater burden without friends. But with friends, these valleys are easier to bear. Without friends, joys, happiness, victories are in themselves limited to self. But with friends, these mountaintop experiences of happiness, joy, victory are multiplied immensely through friendships. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 142. Psalm chapter 142. Everyone, I believe, in this world desires to have true and dearest kinds of friendships. At least, uh, if they knew what they were, I believe they truly would desire to have them. Again, it's a blessing to have true friendships. It's a blessing to have true friends. And it's good to know what friendship entails. And so we're going to look at some thoughts on friendship here tonight. Psalm chapter 142 and verse number 4 The Bible says, I looked on the right hand, and behold, there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. There are some that, again, may think there's no one that cares for them or cares for their soul, but there is certainly one person who does care for them. Again, the Bible says there in Proverbs 18, verse 24, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, and I believe that's Jesus. That's Jesus himself. What is a friend? Years ago, again, an English publication offered a prize for the best definition of what a friend was. Thousands of answers were received. Some of the answers were one who multiplies joys and divides griefs. That's a pretty good definition of a friend, someone that multiplies joys and divides griefs. Another answer is one who understands our silence. And certainly that is true for a friend. But the prize-winning definition was a friend is one who comes in when the whole world has gone out. One who comes in when the whole world has gone out. Friend. From the 1828 dictionary, Webster Dictionary It defines friend as one who seeks to promote the prosperity and happiness of another. As we look here tonight at qualities of the dearest and truest kinds of a friend here today, I want us to consider Jesus as a model of friendship. He's a model of friendship as being of the dearest and kind and truest kinds of a friend. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the New Testament. We'll see this in the acts and activities of his life by what he did. We find him in John chapter 5 come into the life of someone who really, it seems, at least from his point of view, had no one. No man really cared for this man's soul. But along comes Jesus and shows himself the truest and dearest kind of a friend. John chapter 5, let's pick up there. John chapter 5, an example of friendship is seen here by the Lord Jesus Christ where it says in the Bible, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And so Jesus being 
the friend, the best kind of a friend, a model kind of a friend, is going to, in this passage of Scripture, show himself to be a great friend to this person who needs a friend. John chapter 5, verse number 1, it says, And after this there was a feast of the Jews, and, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Baseda, having five porches. In, those, in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, blind and halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at certain seasons in the pool and uh, troubled the water. And whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of what sort of disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity 38 years. And we just, Jesus saw him lie. He knew that he had been now for a long time in that case. And he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man answered and said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. And Jesus said unto them, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. You see in this account a man who really had no man. He had no friend. He was again a guy who for 38 years had an infirmity. The Bible says there in verse number 5. And if you had an infirmity at that time in history, an angel would come by from time to time, it says there, and trouble the water. And the first person who would step in there in verse number 4 would be made whole of whatever disease they had. Now, this is, again, not something that we see today and something, again, that we're familiar with, but uh, we find here if that person would just step into water, they could be cured from their disease. But Jesus saw here in verse number 6, this man was in this case of having infirmity, and uh, he wondered, wilt thou be made whole? And, of course, he said, yeah, I want to be whole, but he says in verse number 7, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. While I'm coming, another step down before me. How does someone step down before him? There's going to be people just as crippled as he is. How does someone get there before him? He doesn't have someone to help him. And here we so see Jesus show himself as a friend. He says to this man, will you be made whole? And he said, I don't have anybody to help me with this. And he says unto him in verse 8, says, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And the same was the Sabbath day. And the Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, it is a Sabbath day. It's not lawful to carry thy bread. And he answered them, he that made me whole the same said unto me, take up thy bread and walk. Then asked him, uh, they him, what man is uh, that which said unto him, take up thy bed and walk. And he said, uh, and he that was healed was not who he was, for Jesus had not conveyed him himself away in a multitude being in that place. And afterward, Jesus, finding him in the temple, said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. And the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him whole. We see an act of friendship here. 
We see an act of friendship here. In friendships, we find, again, individuals that, again, unashamedly show love to someone else that needs love. And that's exactly what Jesus did here. He showed love to someone who needed love in this passage of Scripture, and he needed somebody to love him, to care for him, to show friend, uh, friendship towards him. In verse 7, it says that the impotent man says, Sir, I have no, no man. I've got no one. The Bible says a friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A friend loveth. Jesus loved. He showed love to this man who had no one that loved him, and he showed him he loved him by healing him and curing him of this disease that he wanted. He desired here to have someone help him, but there was none to help him. You see an example where there was a need for someone to have a friend, but there was no friendship to begin with until Jesus came along. And so we see again the truest and dearest kinds of friends seek to love people that need someone to love them. Let's turn to Romans chapter 5. They need someone to love them. You know, this world again is in trouble, I believe, when it comes to relationships, friendships, and a lot of different things in a lot of different manners. And when it comes to the thing of friendship, they really understand very little about what friendship is about. Love is to be extended to people that need help and need to have someone that loves them. This man, again, he needed someone to help him, simply assist him so that he could be uh, given a new life, a transformed life, a healed life. But there was no man that came along until Jesus came there. We see Jesus is the truest and dearest of friends helping this man. But he's also the dearest and truest of friends when it comes to dealing with us. We see this in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 6. The Bible says, For when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being justified by his blood, he, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Jesus showed himself a friend by dying for us, giving his life for us. There's no man that can, again, give us help getting to God but by Jesus. He proved his love by dying for bad men, not good men. He showed his love by dying for the ungodly, not the godly. He showed himself uh, loving by showing himself to love sinners, not someone who's saved or saints. He again showed himself as a friend by showing himself a friend to enemies who needed a friend. True friendship remains committed in spite of problems, circumstances, uh, situations. The truest of friend loves here unashamedly and openly and helpfully. We see this with Jesus. Let's turn to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. You know, sinners need a friend. And saints need friends. I, I get that. But sinners need friends to begin with. This impotent man needed a friend. We as unbelievers need a friend. Someone again to give us 
the ability to have a relationship with God, and that's Jesus, who is the dearest and truest of friends, dying for us and dying in our place. Luke chapter 7 here, in verse number 31, Luke 7, verse number 31, we'll read down to verse number 35. The Bible says, The Lord says, Whereunto then shall I liken the men of this generation, and what shall they be like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling one to another and saying, We have piped unto you, and ye have not danced. We have mourned to you, and ye have not wept. For John the Baptist came neither eating or drinking wine, and ye say, He hath the devil. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and ye say, Behold, a gluttonous man, and a wine-bibber, and a friend of publicans and sinners." You know, the world identified Jesus as a friend of publican and sinners. Love was proved in the acts of kindness extended to people that need love. We see that with Jesus. And we see that with the truest of friends where they show love to those that need love in this world. We also see, secondly, when it comes to the dearest and, and best and truest kinds of our friends, Again, you'll find over here, if you turn over Luke chapter 5, just back up here just a little bit here in the Bible, we find in the dearest and truest kinds of friends, we see again, individuals accept others as they are, unconditionally and unreservedly. Luke chapter 5 here, verse number 27, Jesus does this too. He accepts people by grace unconditionally and unreservedly. Luke chapter 5 here, verse number 27, it says, And after these things he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom. He said unto him, Follow me. He left all, rose up and followed him, and Levi made a great feast in his house. And there was a great company of publicans and others that sat down to meet. But their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners. And Jesus answered, said unto them, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know, often people that have a relationship that's really not a true type of relationship and not a true kind of a friendship are ashamed sometimes uh, when they are around certain kinds of people. You know, one friend may be that they think is a good friend, is not in a, in a situation will seemingly be a friend as long as they are, you know, at the helm or at the realm. They're the best friend. They're whatever they might be. But in this passage of Scripture, we see Jesus, again, not concerned about what people think about who he was or what he did, but rather that uh, again, he was seeking to be a friend to Levi here, who was now a disciple of Jesus Christ, and again was in a situation where he wanted to throw a feast for uh, the friends that he had in the past, those that worked with him in the past. And uh, the Bible says there in verse number 30, but the scribes and the Pharisees murmur against his disciples, say, why do you eat with and drink with publicans and sinners? Well, why did Jesus eat and drink with publicans and sinners? Because he accepted individuals by grace and as they are you know all of us have flaws all of us have moles 
At least a lot of us have moles. All of us have quirks. All of us have features to us that maybe uh, others could look at and say, you know, I don't like this about so-and-so. Turn to Luke chapter 19. It's, it's very easy for people to have fair-weather friendships or have friendships that are only there as long as there's a mutual, you know, a bless me, bless you kind of a relationship like the world has. As long as there's love extended both ways on a consistent basis, you'll see a friendship continue. But if there's friendship really largely on one side, you'll sometimes see a friendship just fall apart. Luke chapter 19, verse number 1 and verse 2, the Bible says that Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was, a, was chief among the publicans and was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, whom he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. I want to skip a few verses here. Verse number 9 and 10. And Jesus said unto this day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is the son of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. When it comes to the truest and dearest kinds of friendships in the Bible, you'll see again with those kinds of friendships, you'll see again a grace extended to those who would be considered a friend. True friendships are based on grace and acceptance. Accepting people where they're at in life, where they might end up in life. Jesus doesn't condone against sinful behavior, but he is in a position where he is considered and saw in the Bible as a friend of both publicans and sinners. You know, it's a purest of men, but yet a friend of publicans and sinners. If we're like Jesus, we should have associations with both publicans and sinners. Publicans are crooked individuals. People that, again, would extort for money. Sinners. There's all kinds of different sinners in the world, but you find in Jesus, in Jesus, Jesus wholeheartedly would spend time and seek to win those who needed a friend in this world. Let's turn to John chapter 8. Again, in the truest and dearest kinds of friendship, you'll see Jesus wholeheartedly accept people where they're at spiritually. And again, that's something that we need to, as believers, seek to do in friendships. Try to, again, be a blessing to whoever they are, at wherever they are spiritually in life. Let's turn to John chapter 8. I'm not saying your best friend should be, you know, some Satanist that's worshiping the devil, etc. I'm just saying this, that you should be in a position where you're seeking to show friendship to people that need a friend. John chapter 8, verse number 1. Let's pick up here. Jesus sets the model for the truest and dearest kinds of friendships as he again shows himself the truest kind of a friend, speaking openly to someone who he doesn't really know. Although he's a son of God, again, I understand that completely, but he's in a situation where people would think he would not talk to this strange woman because there is nothing that the Jews normally do with the Samaritans. Yet he talks to her in this situation. John chapter 8, verse number 1, the Bible says, And Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he began, uh, he came again to the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman is taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in law commanded us that we should stone 
she should be stolen. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger and wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when he had continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they being that heard it, being convicted in their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had lifted up himself, he saw none but the woman. And he said unto a woman, Where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. It goes on from there. But we find here in the Bible Jesus showing himself as the truest kind of a friend, communicating truth openly. He communicated truth openly with this individual here. Jesus loved this woman enough to again communicate with her, but also communicate with those who wanted to see her stoned to death. He openly and honestly dealt with them both, showing himself the truest kind of a friend in this situation. He talked to them together. And the truest kinds of friends will seek to talk openly and truthfully with those that they want to be a friend to. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 27. The truest kinds of a friend will deal even on a very spiritual level with other people. A spiritual level. You know, some people say in a friendship, you never talk about spiritual matters. You don't want to talk about religion because that could be the end of a friendship. But the reality is a true kind of a friend will seek to even talk about truthful and biblical things with other people, even if it might cause some struggles in their friendship. I thank God for a friend that talked to me. If he didn't, who would have? Proverbs chapter 27, verse number 6, the Bible says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Part of being a friend is being able to communicate openly, even wounding with words in a friendship. Not wounding for the sake of wounding, but wounding for the sake of helping. The truest kind of a friend will seek to help someone spiritually. For this woman to be told, go and sin no more, that's calling this woman to follow him, but also to forsake sin. You've been spared, so live for the Lord Jesus. For these, again, who thought they had no sin to themselves, they were told if they had no sin, they could stone this woman, but none of them could say, you know what, I've never sinned. They were convicted in their conscience that they sinned, nonetheless. Maybe some have even been involved with adultery. But this woman caught in adultery was told openly and truthfully, go and sin no more. Being the right kind of a friend, the truest kind of a friend, one that must need to seek to deal openly and truthfully with other people. You know, it's not a good friend as a pastor if he'll not tell you the truth. If I was spinning a bunch of lies, traditions, whatever it might be, concerning the scriptures, I'm no friend to you. I could so-called be your friend by maybe going out and having a beer with you. You say, I would never have a beer with you. But there are pastors out there to show themselves a friend to go out and have a beer with maybe someone in their congregation to 
supposedly show themselves a friend to them. I mean, when it comes to friendship, it's dealing, again, in a truthful and honest way with other people and with the matter of salvation. Let's turn to John chapter 4. Jesus showed himself the truest kind of a friend to this woman caught in adultery. Jesus showed himself to, uh, as a true, the truest and dearest kind of a friend to this woman in John chapter 4 uh, that too was in a situation where she was not spiritually where she should be at, nor, again, uh, socially really where she was at. She was, again, with someone who was not a husband, and uh, yet he, again, speaks to her too. And we're not going to go through the whole account, but I just want to look at a little bit here. Let's pick up in John Chapter 4, verse number 7, we're looking at the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. Jesus came to this woman because she needed to know the truth about life and death. And again, straight talk, so to speak, is good when it comes to us showing ourselves friends to sinners. We see Jesus do this often and always, even with the Pharisees that opposed him, with others that dealt with him very harshly. John chapter 4 and verse number 7, it says, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples had gone away on the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of, of me, which was a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Uh, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto give me to drink, Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And the woman said unto her, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence uh, then hast thou this living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well, and, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? And Jesus said unto her, Whosoever drinketh the water, this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh the water that I shall give him, shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up to everlasting life. And again, I don't have time here tonight to look at this whole passage of Scripture, but you see in this passage of Scripture where Jesus again struck up conversation with a strange woman, a woman at the well, a woman that the other Jews would not have talked to, a woman again that did not expect to be talked to, but he begins to talk about spiritual matters to show yourself a friend. And for me to show ourselves a friend, we need to communicate openly and truthfully, even with people that we may not consider as our friends. That's showing friendship. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 26. Truest kind of a friend is found in Jesus. He sets the example of what friendship should be like. Again, we see here again another example of him talking about the subject of friendship and him actually involved with the situation where you would say he might even cut off a friendship. But uh, you find here in the Bible the truest kind of a friend gives grace unreservedly. And uh, we find this in Matthew chapter 26 here, verse number 47. Let's pick up there where we find Judas Iscariot come along and betray his own friend Jesus. Matthew 26, verse number 47 and verse number 48, it says, While he spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave him a sign, saying, Whosoever I shall kiss, 
That is he. Hold them fast. And forthwith they came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. How does Jesus address Judas Iscariot, who just betrayed him? Friend, wherefore or why art thou come? Again, it would be the nature of many at this point in a relationship maybe to sever it. Here's a traitor, a guy who's betraying Jesus to have him put to death, and Jesus addresses him as a friend. Real friendships remain friendships even though difficult times, and even here in this example in the Bible where someone may come along and desert, betray, or do something maybe dumb or stupid or whatever it might be. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 41. You know, each one of us, you know, have friends and friends, uh, friends that we maybe had for a long time, and maybe we said something or done something and, and, uh, in a situation, or maybe didn't do what we should have done, or we neglected to do what we should have done, and uh, yet we find, again, people that are true to a long-term friendship with us. Psalm chapter 55 here, verse number 12 through verse number 14. Though Judas betrayed the Lord Jesus, and I believe even hurt the Lord Jesus, and again, that might sound crazy to some, but I'm just saying, uh, again, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Uh, he had many days with Judas and the rest of the disciples before this incident happened. And I notice here in Psalm 55, verse number 12, uh, how, how one might feel in a very difficult situation where a friendship is uh, put in a very difficult situation. Uh, Psalm 55, verse 12, it says, For it was not an enemy that reproached me when I could have borne it, neither was it he that hated me that magnified himself against me, then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man mine equal, my guide, mine acquaintance. Again, this is not making reference directly to Jesus, but I believe to David and Ahithophel. Ahithophel was David's counselor, and he was a friend. He was a close friend to him. He was even related to him. And now we find in the Bible that Ahithophel came to a place where he betrayed him. And here, I believe David writes about him. He says, uh, but it was thou, a man, my equal, my guide, my acquaintance. Verse 14, we took sweet counsel together and we walked unto the house of God in company. It goes on there and uh, talks about some other things. But I, again, you find here in relationships, there needs to be this ability in true friendships, I believe, to give grace unreservedly in needed friendships. Jesus called Judas his friend, though he betrayed him. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 27. We're really close there. I just want to go back here to Proverbs chapter 27. When it comes to true kinds of friendships, the best kind of friendships, again, those kinds of friendships that would be classified, I believe, as the dearest and truest kinds of friendships, we find here in the Bible, Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 6. I just want to come back here where it says, Verse 5, it says, Open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Faithful are the wounds 
of a friend. Doesn't sound like a friend, right? <laughs> Faithful are the wounds of a friend. You know, it takes a friend to correct you sometimes. It takes a friend to correct me. A good friend will come along and, and, and again, maybe teach us something or tell us something or console us in some way. And faithful are the wounds of a friend. There might not be words that we want to hear, but they're words that need to be said. In John chapter 3, let's turn over there. Jesus showed himself to a friend who was religious. He showed himself a friend to a man, again, who, as far as the public eye, was in a very good spiritual condition. But yet Jesus brought a message to this man that he was not right with the Lord. He needed to be born again. John chapter 3, we're familiar with this, Nicodemus. I'm just going to read a couple verses out here. John 3, verse number 3. It says, And, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse number 5, it says, And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except the man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter in the kingdom of God. He's telling this guy, You're not in the kingdom of God. Now, that's not a very easy thing to do, but that's what Jesus is doing here. He's showing himself as a friend. He's wounding this guy as a friend. He's telling this rule of the Jew, Nicodemus, you know what? You have a problem. You're not in the kingdom of God. You must be born again. In verse number 18, same chapter. Let's look at a couple more verses out of here. Again, these are words that were spoken to Nicodemus. Verse 18, he that believeth on, the, on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You're in trouble because you haven't believed. Verse 36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. You know, the truest kind of friend will wound openly, helpfully, truthfully, and appropriately. We see this with Jesus here. We see this with him dealing with other people in life. This is, again, just the way Jesus was. But as we consider some thoughts on friendship, we see him as a model. And uh, as we read on here, I'd like us to take and turn back to Proverbs once again there. Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs 17, verse number 17 it says, a friend loveth at all times. Proverbs 27, in verse number 10, the Bible says this, Proverbs 27, verse number 10, it says, thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not, neither go into thy uh, brother's house in the day of calamity, for better is a neighbor that is uh, near than a brother that is afar off. Again, when it comes to friendships, we see again here in the Bible that friendships are not to be forsaken in general. And so when I think about the friendships that Jesus had and the friendships that we should seek to have, we should have committed types of friendships. You see that here in verse number uh, 6. It says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Verse number 10, Thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not. And so we need to be very careful not to give up on a friend. Again, a great example of that in the Old Testament is Jonathan being a friend both to his father and his friend, David. 
He sought to be a friend to Saul, his dad, and a friend to David also. We see it also with David being a friend to Solomon, but also to Hiram in the Bible. He continued in both these friendships. He extended friendship. He remained in friendships long term. Again, when it comes to friendship, it should be something that we seek to stick with. Let's turn to John chapter 13. All forsook Jesus, yet he remained faithful to them. All fled when, again, the, the, you know, the, the religious crowd took him, when Judas betrayed him, but he remained still a friend to them. In John chapter 13, verse number 1, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto his Father, having loved his own that were in the world, he loved them unto the end. He loved them. Jesus loved as long as he could love. Jesus was committed and constant in his friendships. He was committed, again, extensively in these relationships. You know, it's been said, a dog is man's best friend. No matter what, it seems the owner of a dog will have a dog as a friend till the end. And I'm not sure with all dogs, but it seems like from what I've heard, there's many a time where a dog continues even to be a friend after even maybe someone dies. John chapter 15, let's turn over there. Finally, I like to look at friendship as it's given to us in the Bible. In John chapter 15, Jesus showed himself the greatest of friends in sacrificing himself for those that would be his friends. John chapter 15, verse number 12 and 13, the Bible says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. What did Jesus do? It says in verse number 12 that he loved them while they were here, as I have loved you. He's not talking about his death there. He's just talking about his life there. He gave his life. For these disciples, he gave us life little by little, week by week, month by month, year by year to these who were his friends. And then he gave his life for his friends. The Bible says, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Verse 14, ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. A true friend is willing to give up his or her life to be a friend. Just like Jesus gave up his life to be a friend to the disciples. He taught them. He encouraged them. He mentored them. He sought to do all he could for them. He showed himself a friend, just like a parent does. Just like a pastor does. Just like any person does in a relationship with a friend. Let's turn back to John. Uh, sorry, uh, Proverbs chapter 17, verse number 7. We'll end with this verse here tonight. True friendship, the dearest kinds of friendships are saw in the life and ministry of Jesus. He showed himself to unashamedly love someone who needed a friend. He showed his friendship by seeking again to show acceptance and being willing to be around sinners and publicans who certainly needed a friend. He communicated openly and truthfully to those he dealt with. He unreservedly forgave and gave grace to those he wanted to be a friend to. He corrected 
and directed those helpfully and openly through words and wounding by showing himself a friend. And he was committed to the end to the disciples and he sacrificed for them. Proverbs 17.7 7, A friend loveth at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Who comes to mind as being the greatest of friend Jesus is? There's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, and that's Jesus. He's the greatest friend you could ever have. Let's close as we consider the word of God here tonight.